Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Let's talk Chelsea and ask me questions if I was confusing. You ever dealt with a five-year-old? Five-year-old brother, remember when you were five years old? Five-year-old nephew, whatever it is, five years old. Five years old, sometimes it's even a bit younger. But five years old, they're generally really good at gimme, 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 gimme. I want gimme, gimme. Everything is about me. Gimme, 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 gimme. Make sure that I get that toy that I want. Gimme. Gimme, gimme, and in case I didn't say it enough, gimme. Children are generally very aware of what they want and nuance, what other people are concerned with, what other people are limited by. Not really so much. Really not a high priority, not really a concept that's been mastered. Even if it has been mastered, they don't necessarily want to dwell on it much. The fun part about the five-year-old is eventually, if properly dealt with, when they become, I don't know, 15, 20, 25, 30, sometimes they become really cool people. You know, they, re- they understand, oh, I get it. There's other people in the universe. <coughs> There's not just me. And they grasp that sometimes other people have needs that don't necessarily completely coalesce with their needs, particularly at the current time. News is breaking out that Cubs owner Tom Ricketts may be interested in purchasing the or a portion of the Chelsea Football Club. And I guess not surprisingly, a whole bunch of Chicago Cubs fans are objecting to high heaven. How can he be interested in investing in Chelsea when he, insert item here, could either be traded Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and uh, or um, had Kyle Schwarber and you Darvish go away. However you want to look at it. Whatever you want to look at the criminal or the chief uh, the chief criminal act by Tom Ricketts, whatever you want to consider it to be, put that up against He wants to buy the Chelsea Football Club. Let's hop into the Wayback Machine. Into the Wayback Machine we go. And it is now November of 2011. November of 2011. And Tom Ricketts is trying to sell Theo Epstein on taking the keys of the car to be the baseball ops guy for the Chicago Cubs 
probably remember the story, basically. Basically, the story was, Tom Ricketts, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my skis. I don't know what I'm doing. You're available. You do know what you're doing. How about I give you a massive amount of money and give you the keys to the car and let you do whatever you're going to do because I want my team to be successful and I'd kind of like to win a World Series at some point along the lines. Basically sound about right? Sound similar to what you remember? Basically what I remember. And um, Ricketts basically at the time, 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 basically said, spend whatever you want. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you on your spending. You do what you feel is important. You feel what you do is appropriate. And get us championship. Get us competitive. Get us useful. Get us meaningful games in August and September and October. Maybe even November. They agreed. And Ricketts and Epstein agreed to terms on a contract and the basic premise of it was spend whatever you want spend whatever you want i'm not going to interfere basically what you remember it's what i remember and some people remember that and take it to be well why did tom ricketts lie when he said, spend whatever you want, when he didn't mean it. And I have a bit of a problem with that. I have a bit of a problem with that, which isn't me defending Tom Ricketts by any stretch. It isn't me defending Tom Ricketts at any stretch. It's me acknowledging that there's a... Um, there's a CBA that was being negotiated that off-season. There was a CBA being negotiated that season, that off-season, like there's a CBA being negotiated this season, this off-season. And that off-season, the CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, changed baseball at the major league level. That CBA changed baseball at the major league level, as would the next, in that teams were now going to be limited on how much they could spend on things that before they were not limited in how much they could spend. Huh? What do you mean by that? Well, let's go back to the 2010 baseball draft. 2010 baseball draft, the Cubs really didn't spend a whole lot of money on the baseball draft. The biggest gamble that they took, the biggest spend they made, was on Jeff Samarja, which kind of worked out fairly well. But their first round pick, Hayden Simpson, was picked because he will sign for a very limited amount and... If we would go for somebody who's better, like this Christian Yelich guy who's a high schooler, 
we'd have to pay more for him, so let's spend less on Hayden Simpson instead of spending more on Christian Yelich. That was basically the Cubs' mantra for the 2010 draft. Don't spend a whole lot of money because reasons. Reasons. That's all it was. Reasons. 2011 draft came along, and Jim Hendry knew a couple of things. Jim Hendry knew a couple of things walking into the draft. First, he was he probably knew he was about to get fired. He probably knew he was about to get fired. And this draft class was going to be his signature on his Cubs tenure. If you know you're going into your signature on your Cubs tenure, it's kind of tempting to, I want to do well on this one last thing. Fair assessment? Hendry campaigned to Tom Ricketts. I want a better draft class in 2011 than, than in 2010. But to do that, you're going to have to let me spend some more money on draft signing bonuses. Ricketts effectively said, sign the best guys, sign the appropriate guys, the money will be there. With that information, with that knowledge, Hendry signed Javier Baez, Dan Vogelbach, who was a bit of a shocking pick because a lot of people thought, why would the Cubs draft a guy who's obviously a designated hitter when the National League doesn't have a designated hitter yet? And Hendry figured, well, he said, go out and sign the best guys, and this guy's pretty good, and I think he's going to be able to hit, so we'll go with him. Uh, the rest of the class, there were some other successes. There were some other successes, but mainly a boiled to Javier Baez and... Um, Let's see. Is that Matt Caesar's season or C Caesar 2010? I can't remember which. But the, 20, the 2011 class was actually rather good. The 2011 class started to change things around, and Theo Epstein noted the improvement in the Cubs' 2011 draft class when he took the job later that year. So. With Theo Epstein incoming, Jed Hoyer, I mean, with Theo Epstein incoming, Tom Ricketts was now willing to spend both in the draft and internationally with a degree of recklessness because when you sign a player through the draft or internationally, you have them for 6, 8, 10, 11, 12, 14 years, not just one or two. And Tom Ricketts was completely willing to let Theo Epstein spend aggressively in the draft. However, with the CBA that was being signed, it was going to be much more difficult to spend in the draft or internationally because limits were being put in that had never been put in before. 
So just as Tom Ricketts was allowing to Theo Epstein, go ahead, spend whatever the heck you want, the league was saying, just in case there are any owners and executives out there that are saying, go ahead, spend whatever you want internationally and in the draft, we're not going to let that happen anymore. What Tom Ricketts had offered to Theo Epstein was, in very short order, no longer permitted for Theo Epstein. The goal was not with Epstein and Ricketts. We're going to go out and spend monumentally on the Major League roster. The plan between Epstein and Ricketts was we are going to ramp up significantly the development phase of the Cubs pipeline because that's where the real money is made. And, 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 and with players soon to be at the major league level like Baez, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell, Kyle Hendricks, Anthony Rizzo, etc. The Cubs all of a sudden started having players who were making less than a million a year that were very, very, very productive at the major league level. The Astros were doing the same thing. Teams started to realize, hey, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. We want to start getting our minor league pipelines up to that level so that we have three or four or five guys in our pipeline who are two, three, four, five wins above players when they're making less than a million a year. Suddenly, it was all the rage. Suddenly, the agreement that Tom Ricketts and Theo Epstein came to became common practice. Everybody wanted to do exactly that. Every team wanted to do exactly that. So now let's fast forward to 2020. Tom Ricketts plodding along, still hasn't figured out baseball. He still hasn't. He, he, he hasn't. Um, Theo Epstein has gotten to a point where he had a couple of rather bad player development seasons and his pipeline was not nearly as good as it had been. He wasn't suddenly getting the three, four, five wins above rookies that he was getting for a while. And there were problems. There were problems, and the problems were largely because he didn't have the pipeline properly functioning anymore. It just wasn't. It wasn't functioning properly anymore. And other teams had their pipelines developing properly. Dodgers. Rays, arguably Padres, teams that were starting to, hey, look, we have two, three, four guys who are two, three, four win guys. They're making less than a million a year. And the Cubs, we don't have that. We don't have that. 
So what fans often want is go out and spend a whole bunch of money on guys that I I have heard of, that I've seen on ESPN a lot, and keep around the guys that I'm familiar with because I've seen them on ESPN. I've seen them at the games a lot. I've cheered for them. They are my, they're basically a part of my family. But that wasn't what Theo Epstein had in mind. Wasn't what Tom Ricketts had in mind. Wasn't what Jed Hoyer had in mind. What Tom, Jed, and Theo had in mind was, let's get the pipeline functioning again. Theo ended up going away. And Tom Ricketts going into 2020 realized, you know what? I'm not sold on what Theo Epstein's doing anymore. I'm just not entirely, totally sold on it. And then COVID hits and Jed and uh, Tom Ricketts has no attendance for one entire season. No attendance for one entire season. And... I don't know if you know this or not. Tom Ricketts owns teams, owns a team because he wants to make money. And it's really kind of hard to make money. It's really kind of hard to make money when you have no fannies in the seats. Nobody is buying tickets. Nobody is buying beer. Nobody is buying merch at the stadium. Nobody is paying for parking. Nobody's buying Frankfurters. Nobody's buying anything. Because nobody's at the game. They're at home watching from their couch. And there you go. So after 2020, Tom Ricketts looks at his ledger book and sees, I sold no tickets last year. And this year, really, there's no guarantee that I'm going to sell any tickets this year either. November, no guarantee. Early December, no guarantee. Mid-December, no guarantee. Late December, no guarantee. Jed Hoyer ends up making some transactions that were not, I say, not popular with the fan base. And the entire concept of biblical losses comes into play. Perhaps it was something that Tom Ricketts should not have said. Perhaps it was something that he should have said. I don't know. I'm not into optics. What I'm into is Tom Ricketts owns the Chicago Cubs because he wants to make money on the Chicago Cubs. It's not to make Stephen Berwin happy. It's not to make Paul in Lockport happy. Tom Ricketts owns the Chicago Cubs to make an absurd amount of money to add to his Forbes net worth. That's why he owns the Chicago Cubs. Not to make you happy, not to make me happy or piss me off. He owns the Cubs to make money. That's it. That's all. End of concept. Moves are made because, remember how I was talking about the CBA? The CBA started to punish teams for trying to do well. Punish teams for trying to do well. It started with the 2011-2012 CBA. It expanded with the next CBA, and it expanded more with the next CBA. Or it will. Teams trying to do well are going to get punished. 
Teams trying to do well are going to get punished. Start with that. Start with that. So, let's talk about Chelsea. In Euro football, or soccer, however you want to phrase it, in Euro football, there is no antitrust exemption. There are no spending penalties. There are no punishments for trying to be successful. There's no case of Burnley, who's a lower quadrant team in the Premier League, saying, hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Chelsea pays their players more than we do. This isn't right. Nobody says that. At least nobody that anybody listens to. There are no punishments for trying to do well in the Premier League. None. No punishments whatsoever. In fact, if you do well, then you sometimes end up getting more games with better gates. You make more money, which makes it easier for you to go out and buy more players. There are many instances in Euro football or soccer where a big market team, to use the baseball parlance, a big market team will go out and spend a whole bunch of money on a player and as soon as the ink dries, they tell them, oh, by the way, um, you're sitting on the bench. You'll switch in here and there. You'll play a couple of games. But you're basically sitting on the bench. We paid a whole bunch of money for you to sit on the bench and really not play unless that other guy over there gets hurt. If that guy over there gets hurt or that guy over there gets hurt, then you might get to play. But as long as those two guys are healthy, you're not going to play. You're just not going to play. We have other options. But if it gets right down to it, we will let you play because we like you better than having a really crappy player play. That's how it works in Euro football. That's how it works. There is no collective bargaining agreement saying, but if a team spends over seven, uh, uh, $214 million, then they lose a draft pick and they lose international spending. There is no international spending limit in Euro soccer. You sign whoever the heck you want. There is no draft. You go out and sign whoever the heck you want. Find a kid who's 15, 16, playing really well. Hey, we want you to come play for our academy team. I don't know if there's a financial transaction that goes on there or not, but the kid goes to play for whoever he goes to play for. And shortly there, thereafter, the player becomes a free agent because it is very player-friendly in Euro football. Free agent by 22, 21. None of this team has player for six years in the minor leagues and then 6.000 years at the major league level and then eventually you become a free No, you're a free agent by the time you're 22, 23. There are no rules as far as punishing teams for trying to do well. That's the expectation in Euro soccer. So, if Tom Ricketts decides, I want to have Chelsea, I want to own Chelsea, because I finally want to be able to have my own Tom Ricketts 
team run by my own Theo Epstein type of soccer guy. And I can tell him, go out and buy the best players. Go out and buy the best players because in that other league I'm in, owners get all pissy when I try to spend money to make my team better. They want to punish me. They want to take things from me. They want to steal things from me. They want to tie my legs together. In Euro soccer, that doesn't exist. Tom Ricketts is to a point where it sounds like, potentially, maybe, he might want to invest in a soccer team to try to see how well he can use his money up against somebody else's money and turn his team into a good team or a better team. That's the way I'm reading it. There is no premise of Tom Ricketts in a certain year or in a certain month said, we have no money. He did not say that. He never said that. He never intimated that. He never implied or inferred that. The reality was Major League Baseball, with a collective bargaining agreement, is punishing teams for spending to try to be successful. That's how it works. There are a lot more small teams, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Tampa. There are a lot more small teams than really, really, really big teams, like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, like the Cubs. And the smaller teams are saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you spend this much money, we are going to punish you in this fashion. And with the punishment phase, with the punishment phase between Tom Ricketts and Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and whoever the heck else, the Cubs decided, you know what? I don't think I want to pay those punishments. I don't think I want to pay those punishments, so we're going to try to get kind of close to that spending limit and not go over it because we don't want to pay the punishments. We don't want to get punished. We don't want to lose talent. We don't want any of that. People conflating the Tom Ricketts wants to go to a league with no spending punishment levels whatsoever to Tom Ricketts being in a league where spending punishment levels are all that's being talked about in the collective bargaining agreement discussions. That's, that's all they're talking about. Oh, no, 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 we don't want to have this much. We, we want to have the punishment levels at this level, not that level. No, 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 we, we don't want to have players. It's about punishment. It's about punishment. It's about punishment. It's about punishment. If Tom Ricketts wants to go out and buy a team in a different league, totally different league, different continent, fine, whatever. It's his money. He can do with it whatever he wants. He can buy a soccer team. He can burn it up. He can smoke stogies or weed or whatever with his $100 bills. He can do whatever the heck he wants because it's his money. It's not your money. It's his money. It's perfectly acceptable to detest Tom Ricketts 
for any of a various number of valid reasons. But never, ever, 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 ever that I have heard has he said, we, the Chicago Cubs, have no money. Numerous times he has made decisions that we are not going to, as an organization, go over a certain spending limit, in part because Major League Baseball punishes teams for going over certain spending limits. That's happened numerous times. If you want to report on it correctly, get the story right. I wouldn't mind Tom Ricketts buying Chelsea. I'm a Tottenham fan. I think that Tom Ricketts probably pretty a pretty lousy at being a businessman. He hasn't shown me much with the Cubs. Only thing he did that was really smart was give Theo Epstein the keys to the car. He hasn't been good at his management or anything. Not that I've seen. If he wants to buy Chelsea's uh, football club, fine, go ahead, do it. Bring it on. The entire premise of he shouldn't be allowed to or he should be embarrassed or blah, 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 whatever, unless the person complaining is willing to admit collective bargaining agreements have punishments for teams who try to win and spend to do so, then I have no interest in listening to them because they are wasting my time. There are punishments in Major League Baseball for going over certain spending limits. In soccer, that doesn't happen. Two completely different things. Two completely different scenarios. Heck, maybe if he enjoys Chelsea so much, maybe he'll sell the Cubs. Who knows? In this field of endeavor and another, I'm starting to realize the importance of valuing the people that properly report things. Value, properly valuing people who report things. So, for instance, when Maury Brown, a friend of mine on Twitter, reports things about the finance of, finances of business and baseball, I'll generally pay attention because he does the homework. He does the homework. He looks into things. He talks to people. He knows people. He interviews people. And he's really smart at things. Maury Brown, I generally believe him. There are quite a few baseball writers who seem to be Whatever the league tells me, I will print and I will have it printed on my Twitter account, regardless how stupid it makes me look, because I like to get paid. Those are the types of people, Bowden comes to mind, who um, I have no time for. Why, why do I want to listen to that? They have already basically proven they should be disregarded, so I'm going to disregard them. So let's shine a light on ourselves. 
are we doing our best to accurately state that it's Tom Ricketts' money, he can do damn well with it, whatever he wants, and in Euro football, there are no punishments for a team trying to do well, whereas in baseball, there are. Irrespective of if you think those punishments are severe enough to be minded, if there is a punishment, there's a punishment. Of course, you're not paying it. You're not paying it because you're not the owner, you're not the executive, you're not the general manager, you're not the baseball ops guy. You're a fan. But if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to be taken seriously by people who value accuracy and honesty, admit, yeah, there is that punishment level thing. Go over a certain number, you'll lose something. Go over another certain number, you'll lose more. Go over a third number, you'll lose even more. That's how it works in Major League Baseball. In Euro soccer, that doesn't exist. It's not a concern if Chelsea decides they want to have the second highest payroll in Premier League or the first highest payroll in Premier League or the seventh highest payroll in Premier League. There's no reward. There's no punishment. Do whatever the heck you want. Because that's how the English Premier League works. People who don't have a grasp of the obvious should be ignored. You know, we've been at this discussing the CBA kind of stuff long enough that we should have at least some sort of an idea of, oh, okay, I see. The owners don't want the spending limits to go over this certain number, and the players want it to go up to this certain number, and the players want to get guaranteed this and that. Both sides want to get better deals. That's what they're looking for. The last two CBAs that were passed made it far more punitive on teams for trying to do well. What Tom Ricketts agreed to with Theo Epstein can no longer be done. Cannot be done. If Tom Ricketts goes to Euro football, he can do that again. If he wants to go by Chelsea, fine, whatever. Again, it's his money. When somebody gets pissed off because somebody who has a whole lot of money decides they want to go out and do something. I want to go buy an airplane. I want to go fly a balloon around the world. Fine, do whatever the heck they want because it's their money and it's their time. People who get bitter because somebody who's filthy rich decides he wants to do something that filthy rich people like to do, they're probably just bitter that they're not filthy rich or something along those lines. Go buy Chelsea's soccer team. Go ahead. Do it. Go for it. Cool. Whatever. By the way, suddenly I'm really happy I didn't choose Chelsea. Could have gone with Chelsea, could have gone with Tottenham, could have gone with Arsenal. I went with Tottenham. And if Tom Ricketts is buying Chelsea, I want nothing to do with cheering with cheering for Chelsea. Because 
I have enough time records on my plate already. And I don't like what's there now. Thanks for stopping by.